Hello, 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 and welcome to another edition of the Hoops Habit Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Dogger, and I'm recording this 9.40 Eastern Time in the morning on Friday, February 8th, but the good news is no trades can be broke now that the trade online has passed, and we didn't get the fireworks we thought in terms of the, the big name with Anthony Davis staying pat in New Orleans and actually going to be playing for them for the rest of the season, but... And things as a whole out west were a lot more tame compared to their Eastern Conference counterparts. So, we'll start with the East. The East has a definitive top four. Boston Celtics, Milwaukee Bucks, Toronto Raptors, and Philadelphia 76ers. Three of those teams made very good moves to improve their their contention for this season. One stayed pat. And the team that stayed pat is the Boston Celtics. But they were considered themselves winners of this deadline because Anthony Davis... Did not get traded to the Lakers, the Clippers, the Knicks, or anywhere. And they are in on the Anthony Davis sweepstakes when the summer hits. If they're pa- if they're going to package three of their first-round picks, Marcus Smart, Al Horford, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, whoever they're going to package, they now have a chance to use all of their draft capital and assets that they have accumulated over the years and try to get Anthony Davis. But in terms of improving their chances this season – that didn't happen. But we'll start at the top and work our way down the East, the East standings. The Milwaukee Bucks, a team that is a buzzsaw, best record in the NBA. It has the leading MVP candidate in Giannis. A lot, and Mike Budenholzer is a favorite for coach of the year, just transforming that system into space, you know, shoot threes, let Giannis operate in space, all those things. Brooke Lopez shooting a, a lot of threes a game, a lot. It's just a solid team with the with a great coach and a great vision with a superstar player. And they made a, a very, very great move at the deadline. They acquired Nikola Miritic from the New Orleans Pelicans for Jason Smith, Stanley Johnson, who they originally got two day a day before they made this trade by um, shipping out Thon McCurr to the Detroit Pistons. And they threw on a, a couple second-round picks. So you are losing picks in the 50s and 50s. Jason Smith, who didn't play for you, and Stanley Johnson, who didn't appear in a game for you, for a player who can now be slotted next to Giannis in a front court. Giannis will then move to the five. Mertich had playoff experience. Playoff experience. He was arguably the difference for the Pelicans last year when he was at the four. And Davis at the five. Now he gets to do the same thing with Giannis in a more spacious offense and in a better team. So in terms of finding a player that fits your system and then seeing what do you need for it, this was a great this was a great get for the for the Bucks. Murchich is battling injuries this season, but when healthy, he's perfect for them. He's perfect. He can you his defense will be offset a little bit because you're playing with Bledsoe, who's a very solid on-ball defender, Malcolm Brogdon, who very good defender, Chris Middleton, great defender, and Giannis, who's a great rim protector, great defender, and can do everything. So you're surrounding him with great defenses. Now you're putting the ball on offense, in crunch time especially, you're going to put the ball in Giannis's hands and ask him to create. There's not a player on the Bucks outside of Giannis who will get minutes that can't shoot. Brooke Lopez, DJ Wilson's looking great. Um, Tony Snell can shoot. There's just a lot of length, 
a lot of shooting and a lot of space for Giannis to do what he does best. And I was watching the Bucks Raptors game earlier this week. I think it was last week. And I'm watching them. And for the first time, I, I slightly wavered on my preseason pick of the Raptors to win the, NBA, to win the NBA championship. Not just go to the finals, win the finals. Slightly just something, I don't know. The Raptors made a fierce comeback to come in the end of the game to come back and almost steal it from them, but the Bucks just, just, just pulled away at the end again. And then you add this, then you add Miritich to all of the shooting and veterans and just everything they have working for them. A guy who doesn't need the ball in his hands, who can just spot up shoot, but when you do want to throw him, throw the ball to him, he can make a, do a step back threes, he can drive, and he's a post threat. This is an unbelievable get. If Milwaukee can now play any style you want, they can go big with Lopez Miritich, maybe throw Giannis at the three because Miritich and Lopez are going to space the floor. That could be a little death sentence on defense, but offense, you can't stop them because whoever you, you, you don't have three, you don't have two seven footers and a guy that's 6'10 that you're going to deploy on your on your court that are going to be able to have the offensive impact of Lopez, Miritich, and Giannis. If you throw a small guy on Lopez, he's going to post up. doesn't post up as much, but he's one. Of, he still is, one, to this day, probably has one of the best back-to-the-basket games in basketball if you throw him on the block. Miritich can post up. He can yeah, spin moves, fadeaways off both legs, over both shoulders, all that stuff. And we know Giannis can just post up and shoot over you. This amount of flexibility now rivals the Toronto Raptors' flexibility, and the Bucks had the better player in Giannis this season. So, I really think I really I want to see Milwaukee and Toronto for seven games. But right now, I think I'd slightly take Milwaukee in that game, which is, if you listen to the summer podcast and read some of my articles, that's a complete shift for me. I thought Milwaukee would be top five seed. I didn't think they'd be the runaway number one seed. I didn't think Giannis would be the MVP, all these things. Yeah, I know Giannis had some buzz, but I didn't think that Boonholzer would make this big of a difference with the system. But he has, and this team is great, and they got a lot better at the deadline. F- pretty much for two players they just picked up and two second-round picks I'll be in the 50s. That is smart front office and recognizing uh, we can improve our team right now with these simple deals and maybe and and who knows maybe they even would have said hey we'll go we'll throw our first round pick because it's going to be in the 30 it's going to be 29 or 30 this year but they didn't have to do that so great deadline for milwaukee then look at toronto they package Gian- uh, Jonas Valchunas, um delon wright cj miles and a 2024 second round pick to get marcus off from the memphis grizzlies there was some rumor, there was some talk that, you know, they offered JV and Kyle Lowry for Mike Conley Jr. and Marcus All, but they, I don't know who what side said no to, I think the Grizzlies said no to that. They want um, Conley to be a mentor to Jaron Jackson Jr. And now Marcus All is in Toronto with the Raptors. Will he start? That's the question because Nick Nurse has been playing matchup games all season with with his lineups. J. Um, Valachunas has been out, so JV hasn't been getting starts against the big guys. So Serge Serge Ibaka is having a great this uh, um what's it called the Serge the Renaissance of Serge Ibaka, whatever as it was called earlier in the year. 
he has him at the five more. Pascal Siakam's at the four. Kawhi at the three when he plays. Danny Green at the two. Kyle Lowry at the one. Now, they have their flexibility back where they can either probably bring Ibaka off the bench or maybe even bring Gasol off the bench because they got rid of Greg Monroe. He's in Brooklyn for some cash considerations and I think like a second round pick or something like that. So their depth along the front line took a small hit, but you have Marcus Gasol now who is a lot better than JV and a motivated Marcus Gasol, which I mean, he hasn't shot well the past couple months and all that stuff, but he was awesome for the first month of the season maybe the toronto being in toronto and in a winning environment will revitalize him a little bit but regardless this is a, this is just a smart deal for the raptors i love delon delon right tj miles didn't play well this year um the GoDaddy curse in toronto strikes again look that up if you don't know what i'm talking about um hey that you traded two of them in jv and cj but in a 2024 second round pick who knows what what's gonna happen in 2024 especially the second round all that stuff but this move for Toronto is, I don't know. I mean, obviously, I like Gasol more than JV, and Gasol can shoot, so he'll stretch the fork and keep the driving. It's open for all, for what they like to do. He's a post-up player, improves their defense when he plays, but the lineups I want to see for the Raptors are Kyle Lowry or, or Van Fleet, honestly, whoever has it cooking more that day. I want to see them. I want to see Green at the two, Kawhi. OG and Anubi and Pascal Siakam. That those are the line. That's the lineup you're gonna need against Milwaukee. Gasol is gonna be great against when Brook Lopez is in the game, but Brook Lopez isn't, isn't needed on the interior. He's not. He doesn't do his damage in the interior anymore. And you look at against. I feel like the Gasol pickup is more of like. If they see the 76ers in round two, or even in the in the final, we'll get to them in a second. Even if we see them in the um, conference finals, Gasol versus Embiid, that is a matchup that you do, you got to throw pe- different looks and bodies at Embiid to wear him out and stuff like that, make him work on both ends of the floor. And Gasol can do that because Gasol can go on the perimeter just a little bit. I mean, he's 34. He had foot he has foot injury a couple years ago, so he has some miles on him, but. This gives it's a better version of what the Raptors have had going for the for the first part of the season with the matchups they create with this with Nick Nurse does with his starting lineups, depending on who is matched up, depending who they're matched up against. So I'm glad Gasol's in a winning environment. He's re, he's reckon he's um, reunited with Kyle Lowry, who they both began their careers about 11 years ago in Memphis, and now they get to they get to push for an NBA title together. I like that. I really like that one. But the probably the biggest one in terms of Eastern Conference moves was Tobias Harris, Mike Scott, and Boban heading to the 76ers from the Clippers for Landry Shamat, Mike Muscala, who is now a Laker. Get to him later. Wilson Chandler, two first-round picks and two seconds. And then they also got James Ennis from Houston in a later pick, in a later trade transaction. But the, Clipper, the 76ers see Tobias Harris as the fourth the the four the final piece they're big for, which is good. You know, looking at him, you know he's having a he's having career year. He should have had, he has some all star consideration, and you look at what the 76ers need. They needed a stretch four. Mike Muscala, you're not going to win a championship with Mike Muscala playing 
as your starting four and closing games for you. So he's. I'm looking at the his stats real quick. He's shooting 49.6% from the field, career high on 15.5 shots. He's shooting 43.4% from three on 4.7 attempts per game. That is is massive. You need space for Ben Simmons. You need space for Jimmy Butler. You need space for Embiid. This is the spacing you need. He's also a guy who can go get buckets. His shot total probably dipped around 12, 13. But that's fine. In the way the 76ers, he's also averaging 20.9 points, 2.7 assists, 1.9 rebounds. So he's a good rebounder for his position. He can pass a little bit, but he's a spot-up shooter. That's what he was in Detroit. That's what he was in Orlando for a little bit. He's a spot-up shooter. He is, let me look at it, I'm trying to find his height real quick. He is 6'9". So he can shoot over most defenders. He's gonna be playing the four. He's gonna have there's he's gonna have nights where he has mismatch advantage where he has advantages. He's twenty six years old. He's gonna be signed to a max deal most likely this summer if he does. And that's the thing that that's the only thing about the 76ers is we have Butler and Harris who are now free, free agents after the season. You better hope you sign one of them or both of them. Seems like Tobias will be is more of a guarantee to be signed than jimmy butler but we'll know in this summer but for right now this move and and losing the two first round picks you pretty much expended most of your a good deal of your of your draft capital to get tobias harris we'll see it sounds underwhelming a little bit but we'll see because like i said on last week's show it's about building a team you have your point guard ben simmons now you have a two-guard in J.J. Redick who can shoot the lights out. You have Jimmy Butler who isn't the best shooter, but he can go get you buckets. Tobias and Joel Embiid. That's a pr- pretty strong starting five. And they lost some depth. Yes, but they have McConnell. Yeah, they have, they have McConnell. They have uh, Boban. They have people on the bench. So they lost they lost some depth and they're a little weak at guard maybe Zaire Smith who had some clips has his shot looking clean maybe he can come back and and do some um be a spark plug off the bench for them but something that I like what the Sixers do with their lineups is they stagger their two stars Ben Simmons will play with the bench unit he you he would play with the Shamits the Mascalos who are no longer on the team but He'd play with them so he could ha- run his own show and have as much space on the floor as possible. Well, instead of him just solely running the show, and then Jimmy Butler and Joel Embiid would play together. Now you can just throw Tobias Harris there. It can be Ben Simmons and Tobias Harris with shooting all around them. Maybe not, maybe not McConnell. Maybe you stagger because um, Joel Embiid loves playing with McConnell. Maybe you go McConnell, Butler, and Embiid and just fill them out around them. Or Tobias, and then on the other side you have Tobias with JJ Redick and Ben Simmons, which which gives Ben shooting and other people who can create for themselves a little bit. Like I love this move for the 76ers because you look at the East. Milwaukee made moves and is already the best team in the NBA. Toronto's the second or third best team in the NBA. They made a move to improve them. Boston stayed bad, but Boston's more about just figuring out what's what to do with their just the rotation and stuff and so but so philly made this move and mike scott will help with shooting 
Bobon's is going to be Bobon. I mean, Bobon and Tobias, their friendship since the Detroit days and going to Clippers together now. They're this. It's they're they're just a funny duo. Just a so ironic and and uh, different people from different backgrounds, but they just love each other and stuff like that. That's what you could tell. But sometimes you had to get a little crazy with these moves, and maybe they didn't have, they didn't see the market. Their cap's going to be they have to trade for guys because Philly's not really the biggest free agent destination, and they have Embiid on the books. They're going to have Ben Simmons on the books in a couple years, so. These are moves you have to make. You have to trade because you're not a free agent destination and you have to have, and you cannot get the cap, and you can't sign people when you're over the cap like that. So you have to trade for them, get get their rights to sign the contract so you can dip into the luxury tax. So I like the move. Losing Shamit bothered me more so than Chandler and Muscala because Shamit was a young, he's on a rookie contract and he's been, he's a great shooter. It's what he does. But Tobias is a better player. They're a little lacking in the guard department, but don't be surprised. There's plenty. There, there'll be people available in the buyout market. There always is. This team was the one of the biggest bet beneficiaries last year. They got Marco Bellinelli and Ersan Elisova, who were key contributors for their late season push to the three seed, and then their their run into the playoffs. They lost in the second round, and. Can't also forget the other trade that happened in Philadelphia, where former first-round pick, Mark, first, not first-round pick, just first-round pick, number one overall pick in the 2017 NBA draft, Marco Fultz, was traded to the Orlando Magic for Jonathan Simmons, a first-round pick of Oklahoma City, and a second-round pick of Cleveland, which will be a pretty high second-rounder, knowing where Cleveland is right now. But... <sighs> For Fultz, you want to be you want to be in a winning environment. You love Philly; they took a chance on you, but it just didn't work out. Your shoulder is your shoulder has some nerve damage. It seems like the TOS. Hopefully, you can get recover quickly. Hopefully, the Florida the Florida sunshine will help you heal a little quicker. Because if you can, you have your own team, and you have your own team. I actually, I love the Orlando team. I love the Orlando front court. I love Jonathan Isaac. I love Mo Bamba whenever he's healthy. And even if Bamba doesn't pan out, yes, you wasted a number five pick. I think, yeah, the sixth pick in the draft. And there was still some talent around you, like a Kevin Knox could have drafted a local guy and got a wing, to, and you could throw Isaac at the five. But Gordon, even if Isaac, even if Bamba, yeah, Bamba's there right now. Fultz comes back. He's playing with Gordon Vucevic, um, Isaac, Bamba, Fournier, Terrence Ross at 31 points last night in a win. There's just, so, there's just, this is a good situation for him because the expectations aren't aren't that high. They want to make the playoffs. He may not even play this year. He gets to learn from. There hasn't been a veteran point guard in Philly with him in these two years. They've been relying on Simmons as the point guard, McConnell's the backup. Now he learns from DJ Augustine, who can teach him a little bit of the, you know, how to navigate pick and rolls a little better, and how to be professional on and off the court. But it all comes down to that shoulder. If he can get back 
to 90% of what he was coming into the draft, that first round pick from Orlando is a steal. It's it's an OKC pick, so it'll be in the 20s. Valuable. Sometimes you got sometimes you got to take a risk. You got if you're Orlando, you're not just gonna get Marco Fultz. You're not just gonna get Marco Fultz to come sign down there. You put him in your culture with Steve Clifford and John Hammond, what they're building down there. You get him in an environment with some fun young guys and some very solid vets. Orlando has a a decent crowd. This is this was this was a very very high risk high reward deal for Orlando, but I don't. That was considered high risk. Oh, they Philly did good getting a first back for him, not even knowing his true value. But Orlando gets Fultz. They'll have a late lottery, or they'll have a mid to have a mid to late lottery, or they'll be drafting fifteenth overall as the eight seed in the in the Eastern Conference. You can live with that. Because now you have your you have your point guard, Fultz. You have your two front court guys, three front court guys, depending on what you do, because Aaron Gordon's contract is tradable. And teams that and Indiana Pacers and other teams that interest in Gordon. I love to see him in Portland, have interest in Aaron Gordon. So we'll see how it goes this summer. But for Fultz, it's perfect. Sixers, they get rid of him. And they get Jonathan Simmons, who is can definitely come off the bench and play some crunch time minutes. He had some he had a great postseason run with the San Antonio Spurs when they made it to the conference finals until Kawhi got hurt and he still balled out in those in that series against the Warriors. Can shoot a little bit, defends great. So they get their guard wing and a first round pick back and a second round pick, a very valuable second round pick, which I think will become more valuable when when the when that draft kicks in for Marco Fultz. Both and it's a, this is a rare deal where both sides are winners. As someone who lives in Tampa, an hour and a half away from Orlando, I love the move. This brings out this brings even more excitement to the Magic and what they're building. But I mean, just just quickly want to go through the balance of power in the East after the deadline. Nothing changes for me. I think Milwaukee, Toronto, Milwaukee, and Toronto were one A and one AA. I think they're even. I think Philly, even though Boston always beats Philly, I like Philly's team more than Boston's because Boston has some weird make. I mean, both teams have some question marks, but I think the matchups are going to be great because regardless, it's seeming like it's going to be Toronto, Boston in round two, favor Toronto, Milwaukee, Philly in round two, I favor Milwaukee. So then all signs are pointing towards Milwaukee versus Toronto. And that is if, that is a big if, the... Boston Celtics get past the Brooklyn Nets. And I don't mean that as a joke. Chris Levert's back. If Chris Levert come back is is anything like he was before the injury, you throw him with what all-star D'Angelo Russell's doing and what that um, these honestly these teams are not are do not want to play. They'd rather teams are going to be wanting to get that four that four seed to play Indiana, who has won four straight and has blown out both LA teams in back-to-back games. But They'd much rather face Indiana than Brooklyn, and that is because Victor Odeep was not there. So we'll see how that eggs out. But out west, not a lot of stuff happened out west. Amon Shumpert went to the Houston Rockets. He's having one of his best seasons, defense and shooting, and he's perfect for what Houston has to offer, and they have a roster spot open. So you you know they're always candidates in the buyout market. I mean, they've already gotten Ken Freed and Austin Rivers in that market. Um, Shumpert's shooting... 
36.6%, which is the second highest of his career on 4.83s per game. He's rebounding at a at, nah, not, he's median assists. He's having a pretty solid season for assists, steals. He's averaging sec, um, third mo- second most points, second most average in points per game throughout his career. He looks revitalized. He was a great locker room guy for Sacramento. That's a great get for Houston. And the Kings, they get Harrison Barnes for Justin Jackson and Zach Randolph, who is immediately waived. Zebo, go pick your contender. Go, you, you're you've been forgotten this whole year, but you're still in the NBA. You're still getting paid money. You've even been away from the Kings. Kucherov, I've allowed it. Go join a team that you want that you'll know you'll get 15 minutes on. You can get buckets, post people up, and get rebounds. Because I, you are one of my favorite players I've ever watched. Um, and. But Justin Jackson, he's from the Texas area, goes to Dallas. He's perfect. He's a perfect fit next to Luka Doncic and Chris Tapps because he doesn't need the ball. He's going to shoot. He has a quick high release. He can come off screen. So he's going to spot up in the corner, get a shot off. And if you close out too fast on him, I wrote about a draft a draft preview, a draft preview for him for the Kings, and I wrote for Royal Payne. Shout out to Royal Payne, Raph Wong, who runs the Royal Payne um, site for Fansided. Um and he he just simply and he has one of the most advanced floater game um, floaters array of floaters in the NBA, especially at his young age. So I love him. He's not, he's a guy that fits with Dallas when he's around Luca. And then Harrison Barnes, the Kings get a a guy who's been to the finals twice, who can can get his own shot, can spot up and shoot, can defend th- four positions, and the Kings are. Pushing for the playoffs this year. They sense that the Clippers ahead of them and the Lakers below them. I think the Lakers could be even on games to them now. Um, Clippers ahead of them, they traded Tobias Harris. They're a team that's not, I you assume they're going to fall out because the Danilo Gallinari is already injured. They traded Avery Bradley, which I don't know if some people think, feel about that, but you think the Clippers are going to regress a little bit. They'll hang around there, but I think they'll fall off because... They've gotten destroyed in the two games since Tobias Harris got traded. And Tobias was their best player, him and Gallo. So the Kings now have Fox, Buddy, Barnes in the starting lineup with um, Nemanja Pachita and Willie Cauley-Stein. And then a bench unit of Bogey, Yogi Ferrell, who's finally getting great minutes. Um... Who is it? And then Bagley and Giles. Two pl- I love... I. I'm obsessed with watching the Kings. Bagley and Giles are the future. 100%. Bagley is showing great signs of life. Giles is showing the quickness and the ball handling. The way he just palms the ball. It's, I can talk about the Kings all day, but where that's not. Um, yes, like I said in the, in the intro, the West was kind of tame in their deals. Only team that did make um, small tinks, another team was the Lakers, who struck out on Anthony Davis. Who knew? Who knows if it was real? The owner and the the Benson, the widow, who and Mickey Loomis, who care more about the Saints than the Pelicans and know more football than basketball. They said we don't have, to, we don't want to trade him now. We don't have to. I, the sense was some other people in the organization wanted to, but they still fielded a call. But nothing came to fruition. But the Lakers did improve in their biggest area of weakness in shooting. Mike Muscala, stretch four, they got from the Clippers after he was shipped to from the 76ers. And they got Reggie Bullock from the Detroit Pistons, who 
is a six seven shooter who shoots forty percent from three and is one of the best. Honestly, number standpoint, is one of the best shooters in the NBA. Can do some noise off some dribble handoffs, can set screens, shoot, and can defend multiple positions. And you got Bullock. You got those two people for essentially three second rounders in um, Svi Mikhailik, the Ukrainian Ukrainian shoot, um, shooter. And a rookie on a second, forty um, seventh overall pick, I think, and Zubat Ivica Zubat, who's been starting and producing as of late, but he's not a shooter, and you need shooting with LeBron. So, and he was a second round pick, and you traded a second round pick and Michael Beasley, so you traded three essentially three second round picks and Michael Beasley for Mike Muscala and Reggie Bullock, and you have a roster spot open. And there's Carmelo Anthony rumors. We've seen it the past two seasons, season plus. OKC, he's with is Olympic Mellow. He's with Russell. He's with Paul George. Didn't work out. Goes to Houston. He's with his best one of his best friends, CP3 and Harden. Hoodie Olympic Mellow. Lasted about eight, fifteen games. But the Lakers? We'll see. It's another mouth to feed in a in a in a room full of people who love having the ball in their hands. LeBron, Rondo, and Ingram, Kuzma. But if if honestly, if there's one person who can get the best out of most out of Melo, it's probably LeBron James. He's not going to kill the chemistry because the chemistry is already eh, in that team to regard to begin with. But we'll. Uh, this is a touchy subject because I cover the Lakers. I'm actually a lifelong Lakers fan. I'm literally recording wearing an old Lakers Adidas warm-up shooting shirt. So I have mixed feelings about this. But the trades, I really like the trades. Not getting AD, it's cool. Because when Lonzo and, and LeBron are healthy and this team is healthy, this team was the th- was the four seed. And as I just pre- I just said the sense before, yes, I am a Lakers fan, but I I'm not one of these clouded Lakers fans and one of these fans who doesn't put who doesn't see the big picture and doesn't under and and lives in reality. But honestly, who? Well, just this is a good transition because Golden State, Denver, OKC, Portland, Spurs, and other teams didn't didn't really make any deals. They all stayed pat. Lakers made a couple small tanks. Got their improved their shooting, improved their team, and then you saw what they did in in Boston last night. Come back from eighteen down, Rondo hits the game winner, going toe to toe with a team that is one of the deepest, best coached, and one of the best teams in the NBA. For being honest, because the Celtics they get up for these big games, and you go into Boston and you win. That's chemistry building. That's showing that you have the fortitude, mental fortitude to go into Boston, be down double digits throughout the first half, and still find a way to win. Because they have LeBron James, who didn't even look doesn't even look nearly like he's ready to to ramp things up. You have Rondo, Ingram, there is talent on this team and when Lonzo is healthy, even though his, I'm not even going to entertain it. I'm not even going to say his name because I don't value the importance that. That is just for show and TV. But when Lonzo's on this team, 
They have depth, flexibility, and they are a great defensive team. Individually, they are. Because Ingram, Kyrie said it last night. He's like, Ingram bothered the heck out of me. They did a great job of closing down lanes. And we've seen this before. Steph, When they play the Warriors, Steph Curry doesn't go off. Knock on wood. But he never goes off. Because they have great defensive plan, and they have a lot of length, and they have a lot of great individual defenders. We saw LeBron give the bet. That was some of LeBron's best defense, defensive effort I've seen in a long time. He got he gets beat on some step backs, but his recovery time is so quick he can still challenge the shots. And I'm asking this honestly. No one's gonna answer, obviously, unless you want to hit me up on Twitter, M Dugger, M D U G G E R thirty three, or you just comment on one of the book, comment on the on the on the speaker page or anything. Outside of Golden State, do you really think LeBron fears anyone? OKC, maybe. But we know Russell can't shoot, so they'll just sag off that. And they already beat OKC without LeBron. Um, Denver, who has no one on their team that's outside of Isaiah Thomas, who hasn't even played a lick of basketball yet this season, hasn't, they have no one on their team with playoff experience. And we're starting to see them wear down a little bit. Portland? No. Love Damian Lillard. You won't find a bigger Damian Lillard fan than me. Not going to happen. The, the Trailblazers have no one that can stop LeBron for seven games, and he'll dictate the tempo. Spurs? Spurs have beat the Lakers, I think, three out of the four times, or two out of three times. I think it's three out of four times. But in the playoff series? No. And who else out west? Houston? Houston, yes. I'll give him that because James Harding is going to score you know he's going to score 40 and Houston's improving so in my opinion nothing's changed in preseason the top four contenders in the playoffs are still the Lakers not in the not in order Lakers Warriors OKC Houston nothing has changed those are still the class Lakers are outside of the playoffs looking in they're three games back in the loss column for the six seed the six seed you think OKC or Houston Wants to play the Lakers and LeBron in the first round? I don't think so. Because who knows? LeBron out. This is this is shaping up to be a great race. And I even said I wrote an article this week about the Lakers and some of their and just takeaways from their their terrible forty two point loss to the Pacers. One of them was their playoff hopes are dwindling. And as I was writing it, that was under the impression that Tobias Harris was still playing on the Clippers. Woke up literally that morning and had to change that slide because he's not there anymore. The Clippers are tr- are are going to try to not make the playoffs. So they can keep their 14th because they have a lottery protected pick that if it doesn't go, that if they they make the playoffs, it goes to Boston. Now the Clippers are going to tr- most likely retain that pick at the fort and at the tail end of the lottery again. Sacramento is in the playoff race, but they're young. They're a very young team, inconsistent team as well. Because they have streaks where they go on a nice win, and then they go on a little, they go on some losing streaks, and they're young. But I do love the Barnes pickup, but I don't think they they're gonna. I don't think they're gonna be able to keep up and outlast the Lakers for the final playoff spot. Maybe the Spurs fall out. There's a lot of there's a lot of weirdness around the Western Conference right now, because you have a top four contender in the Lakers who aren't even in the playoffs right now, but you assume they're gonna be in the playoffs. So, those are my thoughts out west.
Lakers love the moves. Didn't get the big didn't get the big fish. But when Lonzo comes back, you have you're two deep at every you're two or three deep at every position. You have Rondo and Lonzo at the point guard. You have Ingram and Lot Braun who can run the point as well. So if you want to go big, you can go big. You want to go small, you throw Kuzma, you, you throw Muscala at the five, you have LeBron at the four, you have Hart, KCP, Reggie Bullock, Lonzo, all these guys who can play one through three and spread the floor and shoot and don't need the ball. This is this honestly is shaping up to be a LeBron James team. And will Melo fit into that? We'll see. You, you sometimes you need a backup stretch four if Melo can accept that role. We'll see. Like the moves out west, but we are 36 seven minutes in. Just a quick, I already recap the Lakers Celtics All Star draft. That was awesome. Awesome 20 minutes seeing Giannis. We don't see Giannis in this laid back interviews because he's more of a reserved person and he's in Milwaukee. So it was cool to see him in that sort of mode. LeBron, it's always good to see him in relax. The draft, the tampering comments with Anthony Davis, um, the trading of Russell Westbrook to team up with Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons going back to LeBron. It was a great thing. It was awesome. Um, Charles Barkley, Ernie, Shaq, they're all getting, Kenny, they're all getting in on the fun. That was a great idea by NBA. Let's keep it going. All-Star Weekend's next week. I'll get a preview out Friday morning because I'm actually really excited about this week. And uh, NBA, the three-point contest has is getting big names. The past has, has always gotten big names, and it's a great field this time. Um, the Rising Stars Challenge, those those. Pl- that game has some serious talent and some big names with Dwayne Wade and Dirk Nowitzki coaching. Dunk contest, Dennis Smith Jr. stay solid, representing his his home state in the in the dunk contest. You got John Collins went to school at Wake Forest in the dunk contest. Um, Hamadou Diallo can has hops from OKC, and Miles Bridges has some of the best in game dunks we've seen all season from the. And he's playing in front of his home crowd, Charlotte Hornets. So that I like that. And the All-Star game. Last year was very competitive. This year there are some interesting teams. It looks like LeBron severely outclassed him. But we'll see. We'll see. It's going to be a fun All-Star weekend. So we'll get to all that. We'll look at the landscape of the NBA. And that's going to do that's going to do it for this episode of the Who's Hat Podcast. Once again, thanks for listening. Uh, I believe... I've been told we're on iTunes and Spotify. I will double check and get back to you next week on that. But thanks. We'll get some guests going. I'm, uh, I want to get guests going. I really do. But my mic set up. I need to buy a second mic. There's a lot of things that need to go into this. I'm trying to get them. I'm sure we'll have a guest in within the next two weeks. That's my goal. Um, but hey, if you listen to me this whole time, thanks for rocking with me. We'll be back next week. Enjoy your weekend. Enjoy your week if you listen to this. There's some good NBA basketball on. And have a good one, everybody.